0: greatest contribution. Sure, we'll pay attention to their rules, but only so that we can bend them, break them, and then rewrite them around our own will. We don't accept our destiny. We define it. We don't understand defeat because the only way you lose is if you stop, and we don't know how. While the rest of the world strives for average and clings desperately to the status quo, we are the minority, the few, who are willing to hallucinate there could be a better future, and instead of just daydreaming of what could be, we endure the vulnerability and exposure it takes to make it real. We are the evolutionary hunters, clearly the most important people in the world, because entrepreneurs are the only source of consistent, positive human evolution, and we always will be. Welcome to episode 46. This is... Um, this is just awesome. I uh, I've had so much fun doing this podcast, and um, it's been so exciting to record these. Today, I'm gonna I'm gonna share I'm gonna share a, a a short equation. Um, responsibility over blame. You know, in my life, one of the things I've tried to do is simplify my content, my um, communication, the rules that I live by to the simplest. And um, most robust statement, but in the shortest amount of time, like how can I communicate to one of my clients in the fastest way possible what's important? I'm gonna share that with you on this episode. But uh, first, it was just so exciting being, I just went up to uh, Russell Brunson's event for an inner circle meeting, a mastermind that we're in. And when I introduced myself as um having the momentum podcast, everybody clapped. So it's just so cool because Russell told me that his team listens to it, his executive team, his entire team in the office. They all heard the episode on staying hydrated and water was the biggest biohack. And he said, it just changed the behavior of the office. They all carry water bottles. Now they're going to the bathroom all the time. (laughs) He's even talked about it on a couple of his, um, podcasts. And so, uh, it's just really exciting. And I want to thank you and everyone who has listened to this and for sharing it and subscribing and downloading and, um, leaving reviews on iTunes. It has been amazing. Um, you know, if I'm ever having a bad day, I just flip over to iTunes and read a few of the reviews of this podcast. They are, um, they're awesome. And it, it reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing. So uh, so let me get to the topic of this episode, responsibility over blame. This is one of those simple equations that if you write it out and you write responsibility, draw a line under it, and then write blame underneath it, if you are willing to live above that line and take responsibility for what happens around you, it will change everything in your life. Now, there are times where something happens in our lives that I don't think we should take responsibility for. You know, there are things that are beyond our control. Um, My wife lost her father, Mike Mayo, um, at 58 years old. He found out that he had a fast-acting form of lung cancer that uh, was almost like hyperactive, hyperreactive, and... From the day that he first felt symptoms and went to the hospital to, and really he thought he was dehydrated, he didn't know there was anything seriously wrong, to the day he passed away was 72 days. I don't know how Katie and I can take responsibility for that having happened. That is one of those things you can reconcile, you can understand, but, but we shouldn't try and take responsibility for things like that that happen to us. And so what I'm talking about when I say responsibility over, the, over blame, what are those things that happen where we feel like we should blame or we want to blame, but we can radically change our lives by taking responsibility. So I'll share one of these times that I've gone through in my life where I wanted to blame so badly. So I, um, I've employed over a thousand people (laughs) and I'm not talking contractors. I have had W two employees over a thousand people that have worked with us at least one day. Some of them, some of them didn't finish out the day. Um, I have crazy polarizing companies where um, I look for unique people. I look for um, hidden talent. I look for people who are a little obsessive, maybe a lot obsessive. I look for people who um, are a lot like me. You know, I want people who it keeps them up at night if they get something wrong and they, they're not gonna let a broken system sit there. They're gonna obsess over fixing it and they're gonna create momentum and they will track and, and, uh, and, and look at progress. Those are the people I want. And um, I've, I've had some really challenging hires, but I'm gonna tell you about my worst hire ever. And to give you perspective, I've had more than one drinker people who actually drank, um, heavily on the job and it affected their performance. Um, we've had to call cabs for people that we let go before, uh, to give you perspective. Um, we, uh, we've had people that were hired on, on, and, and left in the same day. Like they, they literally couldn't take the pressure or the atmosphere, the environment that we had there, uh, or that we had in our company, um, We've uh, we've had people where, you know, I've had team members where I know that sometimes they're um, let's just say they're altered. They've probably done something on their lunch break, not necessarily alcohol. But, you know, I think we've had more than one team member that um, would sometimes smoke some weed every once in a while. And uh, it's funny because any of them hearing this, I want you to know you didn't think I know, but I know. And uh, and I knew back then, but as long as it didn't affect work performance, I were in Austin and I didn't want to become the company that drug tested everybody. If people were performing, we just left let them perform. We actually had an insurance policy that required us to drug test on the way in. But, um, you know, we've we've had some really challenging people, but this is the worst hire we ever had. So. We were hiring a department head a director for a department that had been vacant for a long time and i 'm not going to um, fill in the vacancy position because i don 't want to give away who this is but we've i mean if if I say hire a director we 've done that dozens of times, so it 's hard to narrow it down but this was a position that had been open for a long time, and um this a, a guy came in and he had he, he was very good at selling himself. He was very good at talking about himself. He understood a lot about, you know, he, he seemed to understand a lot about, um, the, the position that we wanted him in. And, um, you know, he, he, he got through the, the interview process and, Almost immediately, it was like the craziest experience ever because so he came into our company and um, within the first few days, he bought a new car and then he wanted everybody to go out and see his new car with him, which was really bizarre. You know, we handed out copies of Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover and encouraged our employees to become our team members to become. I hate the word employee. I, for all of you who ever have worked with me, I meant team members. Crap. <laughs> um but we used to give everybody total money makeover and and we've helped dozens of people get out of debt Katie and I had personally coached team members through this so um it was weird that he bought the car and then uh we also had this experience where within a week of him being with our company he we had one of our team members tell us that like they they had gone out on a weekend and that this person had taken that new car and driven it like 100 miles an hour down a freeway. And so we went and confronted him with it. And he, again, like, I, I don't know if I confronted him or somebody else did. But I, I just remember that he had this explanation that he, he, you know, got a little out of control. And he, he realizes now how crazy it was. And it was congruent or what felt congruent. And, um we we kept him in the position because we'd had such a hard time filling the position that we kept him there. And it just, it did not get better. We had um, a team member who came to us and said that they were like borderline suicidal from having to deal with this manager. And I was like, what the heck is going on? You know, this This was one of those things where it's like coming at you all at once. And, uh, and this was in just a, a number of days. Like it was probably, I don't remember, it was not that long that all of this happened. And the straw that finally broke the camel's back is we had recruited and hired someone in this department. And within... I think one or two days of that person being with our, with our company, this person fired the new team member without any confirmation from anyone in the, like me, my wife, anyone who was in the executive suite. This was a director, not somebody who was on the executive team at the time. And um, we finally had to go and get him out of the company. And just to give you an idea of how, Crazy, terrible of a hire this was. Um, we f- terminated the contract within 90 days. And so we told the unemployment office that we weren't responsible for paying unemployment and then they you know the, this person went through the entire process they did the first interview the second interview the appeal which is just like nobody goes all the way because usually it's pretty black and white like there was there were times where we tried to say we shouldn't pay unemployment and they made us anyway and but we whenever that happened you know we had a huge payroll so we had to make sure that if somebody got terminated within 90 days or if we terminated with cause that we didn't have to end up paying for unemployment cuz that raises your rates and it was a huge number for us and um he went all the way through the process and then he sued us in federal court um and he sued us and this was this was it, it like this showed just how much of a mistake this was like he sued us and the state of Texas and Fre- Fred Perry, who was at the time, um, the governor. And so sorry, Rick Perry, I said, Fred Perry, I do not follow politics and current events. But I I should have looked this one up. So I didn't say Fred Perry, I meant Rick Perry. So um, he sued all three parties. And we actually had to hire an attorney to go to the day of the lawsuit, because what this person did they hand wrote the lawsuit like when we were sent a copy it was handwritten so clearly you know this was one of those things where i just wanted to like blame this person and like how could i take responsibility for being somebody somebody being this like out of control and nuts and it was a like uncomfortable situation but I always try and ask myself where's my responsibility here and clearly in an, in and this is for anyone who runs a company in an employment situation it doesn't matter what happens you have responsibility period if if somebody interviews with your company and they're upset that's your responsibility even if they're they're unreasonable there's something there that is telling you either you're attracting the wrong person you're bringing in the wrong person you're writing your ads in a way that are getting the wrong person there you know it's something to consider every time that you feel like blaming and when i reviewed this situation man it was just clear as day three i mean one i didn't get three comparable references so when you're hiring someone here's my suggestion you get three references from people like you. And I was a CEO hiring someone to act as a director, and I got one reference from, from somebody that this person had worked with at a um, director level, and then I got two coworkers. So I, I got one boss, two coworkers. And the challenge with that is that if you're not getting three comparable references, you don't really know what this person's going to be like in the position. And clearly we didn't, we got one decent reference too. And I was, I just was so desperate to hire someone in this position that we got one decent reference and then two coworker references that were glowing. Um, and here's the challenge. Anyone can get a coworker to give them a reference. And the one reference from a CEO wasn't even that great. It was somewhat challenging. And, uh, I just, I, again, I, I over, and then, so here's the second place where I made a mistake there. And I've been taking responsibility. We changed our entire interview process where now three comparable references are required. If somebody can't produce them, then it has to be extraordinary for us to even consider them. And then, uh, here's the big one. (laughs) Um, no, sorry. Here's the second one is I'll show the big one in a second. The second one is we didn't complete our interview process. Um, we didn't have every executive interview this person. We had a couple of them, but we were we. Some someone wasn't in. Someone was busy. We couldn't get schedules to align, and so we hired him anyway. And we should not have done that. We took we skipped steps in the process, so that sent me to resolidify our entire interview process. And then here's the big one. I didn't listen to Katie. Katie interviewed him and she really didn't like him and just said that there was stuff about him that rubbed her the wrong way and she didn't like how he answered questions and that um, she just felt this level of incongruency there and that we should check more references. And I was, again, such a hurry to fill the position and so overwhelmed by it that we did it anyway. And so when I finally took responsibility for that, it was devastating. I had to go back and rebuild the entire way that I hire. I had to go back and rebuild um, our entire interview process. And and like this is what we teach people, so it's it's improved the way we teach like crazy. And I make sure that I listen to Katie, because when I think about the people who were affected, you know, as a CEO, you make decisions that affect people's lives. I think of, um, well, the person we hired, we should have never hired him. You know, I, I, I say there's no broken people. Like this person isn't broken in our company. They're just not right for our company. They can go somewhere else in this case. Gosh, it was really hard to say that, but, um, but maybe he's, you know, he could have gotten another opportunity where it worked out. I think of our team members that had to put up with him, had to deal with him. Like the stress was palpable. I think of the team member that like was was affected mentally like was feeling so constrained so challenged that that he was like feeling suicidal and then the person that got fired after a like incredibly short unfair period of time and uh that will cause you to change things and so in your life where is it right now That you feel like blaming someone, that you feel, because blaming, let's be honest, it feels good. Like you can get it off your chest. You know, when I, early when I used to employ, when I, when I very first started employing people and started with a team and started getting leverage, if somebody on the team got fired, I used to talk about it with the team, but not in a way that any CEO ever should. I learned my lessons. I used to say bad things about the person afterwards or I used to say challenging things you, you know here it, it when someone leaves your team you should just tell everyone why and that should be the end of the discussion and when I was younger I realized just how devastating it was to 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 go past that and so um you know I I uh I know that it's our responsibility as entrepreneurs to assess the situation and figure out where we can improve. And so uh, if you're looking for momentum, if you want to understand how to move forward the fastest, there's two ways to do it. You can do everything it takes to create forward momentum or you can change some of your behaviors in the present that create momentum just through a new behavior and shifting from blame to responsibility We'll do that for you almost instantaneously. So thanks for being here with me. I appreciate you listening. Uh, The Momentum Podcast, like I said earlier, is one of the coolest things I've ever done. I'm having a ball with this dialogue between the two of us. Do me a favor, um, answer back, go to iTunes, subscribe, and uh, leave me a review. Let me know how we're doing, what you think of the podcast. And uh, if you haven't yet download a copy of my book. I've had uh, several people send me some pretty incredible text messages recently, and I want you to know it's available at freemomentumbook.com. It's called The Entrepreneurial Personality Type, and if you relate to this podcast, that book will tell you more about yourself than anyone ever has. Thanks, and I appreciate you being here.